Welcome to Move Forward Radio, a show featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts. This program is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Learn how physical therapists can help people of all ages and abilities reduce pain and improve and restore motion to achieve long-term quality of life at MoveForwardPT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Jason Bellamy. The fatigue felt by people with cancer is so common that it has a name. Cancer-related fatigue isn't unique to one type of cancer or cancer treatment, and it can occur even after treatment is complete. When cancer-related fatigue strikes, it's often extremely debilitating, significantly impacting quality of life and creating a level of fatigue that rest alone cannot address. Although it might seem counterintuitive, One of the most effective ways to manage cancer-related fatigue is through exercise. In this episode of Move Forward Radio, physical therapist Mary Callis explains why. Here's our conversation with Mary Callis. So Mary, obviously there are are multiple different types of cancer, um, and they can range in severity. But when someone gets cancer and they're going for cancer treatment, you know, broadly speaking, what does that entail? Well, usually it starts with some type of imaging and a biopsy, and that determines what the actual pathology of the cancer is, which is usually followed by some type of uh, multimodal approach, which would include surgery, chemotherapy, radiation. It may include hormonal therapy or some type of targeted therapy to better target that cancer and prevent recurrences. And so, you know, when I hear all that, that list of things, obviously chemotherapy is something that people I think are, or at least if they haven't had any personal experience with it with them or their family, they, they, there's at least this understanding that that can be a, a very difficult process. Um, so as we shift and talk about cancer-related fatigue, is that something that's specific to, say, a certain treatment, like, say, chemotherapy, or that can that affect anybody who has cancer? That can affect anybody who has cancer, and it may be because of the cancer itself, the growth process of the cancer as it invades tissue and obstructs uh, important structures or compresses them. It could be because of the invasive procedures that have to be done, the types of surgery that result in a lot of pain. There may be some type of pathological process in the bones that causes fracture, but then the treatments themselves that are used, the chemotherapy and the radiation, and the hormonal therapies have side effects of their own, and one of those side effects is fatigue. And that fatigue may be short-term during the duration of treatment, but it may be prolonged for years afterwards. And sometimes that, that unrelenting fatigue prevents people from getting back to work and to their important life roles. So you mentioned that unrelenting fatigue. How how severe can can uh, this be, both sort of in the moment and then in terms of how prolonged it can be? It can be very long. A lot of our patients that we see when we first meet them will tell us that they are in bed 20 hours a day, that the only time that they get up is to shower and to eat, and then they go back to bed. So they begin this cycle of behavior that is not typical and they have more time in bed rest, and they functionally decline rather rapidly. But once they're done with treatments, that fatigue can be something that interferes with their ability to think at work, to tolerate a full-time job again. It may impact their memory so that they have difficulty remembering tasks or remembering um, how to get to a familiar place. So it can impact them in many ways, and it can be quite 
um, an interruption in quality of life. We're going to talk about how to sort of address cancer-related fatigue, but, but before we talk about the how, I kind of want to talk about the when. So is it something where, you know, do you, do you begin to address cancer-related fatigue after cancer treatment itself has stopped? In other words, like the, the treatment itself is over and now we're dealing with the fatigue? Or is there an overlap period where essentially you are treating the cancer and the fatigue that's related? There's an overlap period. The optimal scenario would be that we could educate people before they ever have cancer so that people who have family members and friends who are undergoing treatments would know that this could be an expected side effect of the cancer and the treatment. Um, often we have the opportunity as physical therapists to provide education at the time of diagnosis. Most typically in our clinic, we see them during active cancer treatment. I would say 75% of the patients that I interact with are in some type of active cancer treatment. But it's also appropriate to see them after treatment is done, and it may also occur with, for someone who is going to um, actually live with cancer, and they know that it's going to be a long-term process where they may have treatment off and on for a number of years that's an appropriate time for a physical therapist to help them or even end of life. So really the entire continuum of care is appropriate. And in my opinion, the earlier the better because we can prevent the fatigue from becoming a real problem. So let's talk about the how now. So somebody has cancer-related fatigue. Um, how? What are the various ways that that can be treated? Well, the recent study that was in the JAMA Oncology uh, Journal looked at the most four commonly recommended treatments, and those were exercise, psychological interventions, a combination of exercise and psychological in interventions, and pharmaceutical. And what has been found in not only this study but in a number of studies is that exercise or a combination of exercise and a psychological approach is the most beneficial and can help attenuate the fatigue and help people get back to work and back to life roles and back to recreational activities that they previously enjoyed. So from a basic perspective, you know, I, I hear somebody has fatigue, they can't get out of bed, and the solution for that is exercise. And, and from a distance, that would seem like those two things don't line up, right? You know, we're basically right. saying they're so exhausted they can't do anything but lay in bed, and our solution to that is to have them exercise. Why? Why, why does exercise help? It improves respiration. It improves patients' red blood count. It, it improves their immune function. It improves their entire state of well-being. So when patients are um, laying in bed for days and days, those, those systems, those body systems are disrupted. So people feel worse and worse and worse. And you have to remember that the human body was designed for movement. So the earlier, the better, before we can uh, see such decline. Typically, when a patient comes in, even if they are having a very poor day and extremely fatigued, just from a few minutes of exercise, maybe even 15 minutes of an aerobic activity, they will tell you they will rate their fatigue level to be much lower than when they walked in the door. It's not a, an intuitive combination, like you say. It's rather counterintuitive. And sometimes it, our role as physical therapists is that we have to educate patients, and that's why earlier intervention is better because the earlier that our patients understand that this is actually going to be beneficial, um, that for the better. There's also another study that just recently came out in the American Journal of Epidemiology 
that looked at, it was a large review of over 100 studies, and it was a longitudinal study that looked at tens of thousands of patients with cancers worldwide, and they found that not only did it help fatigue, but for those who exercised regularly, um, their mortality rates fell 28 to 44%, and their risk of cancer recurring dropped to up to 35%. So that's a rather profound reason also, not only treating the symptoms, but to achieving an optimal outcome. So take me through then kind of what the physical therapy process looks like. Somebody comes to you, um, they have cancer-related fatigue. You, you, obviously, education, as you just mentioned, explaining what you're going to do and why is a big part of it. And then what, what might the exercise, exercise-based therapy entail after that? What, what, might, what regimen might you put them through? Usually it's a multimodal approach. usually starts with something uh, aerobic in nature, and typically we will interview the patient and find out if they have been an active exerciser before or what is the most palatable exercise to them. It may in- include consideration of what other comorbidities that they have. Maybe they've had knee surgeries or back surgeries, and there's something else that may affect the type of exercise that we select and how we dose it. Um, then we might we would probably include some kind of strengthening component, a balance component, um, a breathing component, and it may involve if there's uh, lymphedema involved from lymph node removal, we may do something called complete decongestive therapy to help reduce limb swelling. So somebody who walks through the door, how how you know we talked about the fatigue and and the potential. Uh, to, to sort of feel like, man, the last thing I want to do is exercise. Um, and yet also that you mentioned that the results tend to speak for themselves, that after they exercise for a little bit that they rate their fatigue as less than it was when they walked in the door. It, what's, what's the typical, to the degree that there is one, uh, kind of patient experience with this? Again, there, I have to think so much thought, emotion, and energy is going into this idea of getting cancer treatment in the first place just to treat the cancer. Does does it take an extra set of work on the physical therapist just to get them in the headspace of treating this fatigue, or or are they do people seem pretty positively minded to try and address this? We see both types of patients. Some patients are very anxious to come in and exercise because they are aware they've been reading the research or they're aware that exercise is recommended. Some patients have never been exercisers their entire life, and they require a great deal of motivational coaching from the therapist. So we see both. But typically, once they've started, and we work very hard to individualize the treatment to that patient because there's no two patients who might have breast cancer or lung cancer, no no two will look alike, and no two will require the same exercise dose. So it's a very individualized approach. It's very important to um, listen to the patient's story, um, from from the beginning of their diagnosis to listen for clues of how you can motivate them, how you can select uh, a proper mode of exercise that will um, be successful for them and that they feel motivated to do. So fatigue is one area where physical therapists are involved in, in treating people with cancer. What are other areas where physical therapists are involved in cancer treatment? Um, A common symptom is chemotherapy-induced neuropathy. It's a peripheral neuropathy that generally starts in the hands and the feet, and that can affect their ability to walk comfortably um, and to balance. So we work on balance and coordination quite a bit, gait, improving gait and improving gait endurance. 
as I had mentioned before, some patients um, are at risk for lymphedema because of lymph node removal from their surgery. Um, our patients who have to undergo radiation will undergo some type of skin change typically. They may develop some fibrotic changes, so the skin doesn't move and glide as easily as it used to, and that can affect their movement. There may be some types of post-operative limitations that we have to work around, and many of the chemotherapies are cardiotoxic, so um, helping them get the benefit of aerobic exercise to prevent cardiotoxicities is, is important. And finally, one of the things that we get a lot of referrals for, most people typically think that cancer leads to weight loss, but for many of our patients that go, undergo hormonal treatments, weight gain is the problem and it's a big dissatisfier. So we are often referred patients to work on a weight management exercise program. That's interesting. So uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about is there's a lot of attention right now, obviously, on opioid use in the healthcare system uh, and, of course, outside the healthcare system uh, in this country. Um, and related to that, the American Physical Therapy Association launched an opioid awareness campaign, and it's consistent with guidelines from the CDC. And the CDC guidelines related to, to chronic pain and opioids basically boil down to the idea of, of recommending non-opioid approaches for the treatment of most long-term pain. But an exception that they noted is for cancer treatment. That basically, that was an area where the CDC said that opioid therapy is often appropriate and effective uh, when, when dosed appropriately. And I say all that as background to kind of lead us back to that conversation about cancer-related fatigue. Um, does opioid use affect cancer-related fatigue in, in any way? Um, is, is that a factor in terms of how you evaluate uh, what patients need to do in their programs? Well, initial opioid use can involve a little more of a fatigue state, but once they are adapted to their opioid dose, it actually improves their fatigue because pain is a big factor in uh, causing fatigue in patients. So pain also keeps them from moving because if they know every time they move that it's going to hurt, uh, they start avoiding it, and then we are dealing with more of a psychological avoidance of activity. So in most cases, you know, 30 to 50% of patients who are undergoing some type of cancer therapy have severe enough pain that opioid therapy is warranted, and 75 to 90% of patients of those who have advanced cancer also benefit from opioid use. So it's really a matter of quality of life. Um, more typical in the oncology population, we've had the problem of these patients being undertreated, so they have unnecessarily suffered. And that's why you're hearing the CDC recommend more of a palliative approach because the goal in palliative treatment is to reduce suffering and preserve function. And that's why it's so commonly used in patients who have cancer. So as we talk about uh, sort of the cancer uh, treatment process and, and the fatigue that results from it, I want to talk about sort of finish with tips for somebody who might be in that place. But before we get there, I want to talk about their family. Uh, typically, typically family members become caregivers. Um, what, what should their takeaway be from this in terms of thinking about the fatigue and the importance for exercise? Um, 
when when they have a family member who's going through cancer treatment, they're complaining of fatigue. Should their their advice be basically to get that person moving? Should they be sensitive to the fact the person's exhausted? How do they navigate that space of knowing sort of when to coach their loved one toward being more active and when to recognize that, man, this is just somebody who needs rest? Some of that depends where they are in the continuum of care. If they are in active cancer treatment, I like to emphasize that it's a balance between exercise, rest, and nutrition, and that no one of those domains can be ignored. And commonly, family members are, you know, they're very closely involved, so it's very easy for them to help their family member rest and to nurture them in that way when in reality they need to be helping them get up every day and they need to realize the importance of that. Also, caretakers need to learn to take care of themselves because being a caretaker for somebody undergoing these treatments can impact that person as well. So it may result in them taking more time off work. They may not sleep as well. So they um, also may develop some type of illness in the process or not or not be uh, up to their normal stamina. So they also are included in this diagnosis of cancer-related fatigue or cancer rehab. So then the last question is, for somebody who has been diagnosed with cancer, they're, they're, they're starting what's going to be a journey for them of, of whatever length, um, what, what should their expectations be in terms of the, the fatigue that might result, and what conversations should they have with their doctor right from the outset to make sure that they get um, the treatment that they need as early as possible? Well, number one, I think they should discuss whether fatigue is a symptom that they will experience. Is it expected? Number two find out if there are local resources for them. Um, there is a growing body of therapists that are interested in oncology rehab, and so there are more and more therapists addressing um, the needs of the cancer survivor now than ever before. Um, but be, be getting, being able to get a early and direct referral to a physical therapist who um, has some qualification in working with somebody who's undergoing cancer treatment should be discussed early on. And I, in my opinion, a referral to physical therapy should be on every plan of care for a patient who has cancer. Mary Callis, great information. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jason. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guest is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you and find a physical therapist in your area at moveforwardpt.com. For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com radio.